Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Are you a parent with a newly diagnosed child with autism? Are you looking for answers on how you can help your struggling child? The online training course, Discovering Behavioral Intervention, is the answer. Real parents take you through applied behavior analysis in 10 step-by-step modules. Learn more at youdiscovering.org and follow them on Twitter at youdiscovering. We are very proud to have Mayor Johnson as our sponsor. Mayor Johnson is the world's special education super source. The Mayor Johnson sale is on. They have incredible drastic savings on hundreds of products. So go to mayorjohnson.com. That's mayor-johnson.com. Follow them on Twitter at Mayor Johnson and visit them today. Welcome to the Coffee Clatch Special Needs Talk Radio Network. We provide excellence in broadcasting for the special needs and child adolescent mental health communities. Thank you for joining us tonight. And now, on to the interview. Hi, this is Stephanie Weiss of the Ask Stephanie Show on the Coffee Clatch Network. I've been looking forward to this interview with Faye DeMoyshawn. Faye, am I pronouncing it correctly? Yes. Okay, yes. great. I, I'm so very Faye, it, it's not an easy last name. So no. Faye is the author of a new book out called Social Skills for Success, How to Give Children the Skills They Need to Thrive in the Modern World. Um, Parents Magazine is calling it the cutting-edge must-have manual for bringing up polite and safe kids in the digital world, and I definitely think it's a must-have for parents. So, Faye, I welcome you to the show. Thank you, Stephanie. Okay, so I asked Faye to be on the show today because I know about her work. She runs various social skills groups in New York City with kids and adolescents, And I know a lot about her work, and I I know her experience had inspired her to write this book and be able to help parents everywhere um, and so that they can guide and teach their children better social skills. So this brings me to my first question. What exactly are social skills? Well, I would say social skills are are all of the tools that a, a child needs to thrive in this world. And, you know, an enormous part of a child's self-esteem and self-confidence is is based on his or her ability to socialize. And it's it, their social skills are really a necessary toolkit for kids to have. And basically in my book, I outline um, exactly, you know, kind of what social skills are and how to teach them. Okay, so that brings that's a good question. Brings up a question that I have, and I've seen reports um, in, in the New York Times, I believe it was, about social skills being taught. Um, can they be taught? And what age do you think parents should start teaching these kinds of skills? Well, they are absolutely one hundred percent teachable skills, and I started teaching social skills in. Uh, kind of in a neurotypical setting, actually, at New York University. 
And I started teaching the, the, the class there, and I actually titled it The Brand Called You, which was basically mm-hmm. social and emotional skills wrapped up into a, a kind of a, a class that was titled something pretty cool and pretty interesting for, for everyday kids. Uh, but basically um, what, I, what I endeavor upon is uh, teaching kids the skills that they need to, to be socially adept in this world. And every kid needs these, these skills. Um, I started this at the college level, but what I saw was that it, it built self-esteem and self-confidence so much at the college level that they should be taught at a much, much younger age. And Absolutely. again, they're teachable skills. And my whole premise was, why not? Why are we? Why am I starting to teach these skills at the college level? I should be teaching them at the, the youngest possible age. I can. I can Is there an optimal that. age? I say as early as possible. I mean, we can start. I have an 18 month old Stephanie, and I I've started teaching her, you know, kind of the basics of sharing and empathy Manners. and caring about yeah, and caring about other kids and. You know, when someone's hurt, what to do and what she can, you know, she obviously can't communicate at 18 months, but she can communicate with her nonverbal skills. Mm -hmm. And what I saw was that I modified this class that I started at New York University down into kind of a lower age set. And I went down as as far as four years old. And so I, I start these programs at age four. So we have workshops in New York City, and they start at age four, they go all the way up to the teenage years, and I say, the earlier you start, the better. It's like any other skill set, Stephanie. If you, for example, if you set your child off to play soccer, I mean, the sooner they learn, the more time they have to practice, and the more time they have to get better. So, mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. start teaching <clears throat> social skills, the more time they have to practice and get really comfortable with the skills. So, a kid starting at age eight and rather than starting at age 22 is going to have that many more years of practice. And mm-hmm. so much of these skills, and I get into this in my book, is that they need to be taught. And I don't mean, I think the mistake that we make very often as parents is that correcting is teaching, and it's mm-hmm. not. It's, and, and that's the whole premise behind the book is that Turn these, turn these lessons into fun and engaging activities and really make them lessons. Just like we send our kids off to every other extracurricular activity under the sun is, you know, teach the lessons. And the onus is on, on parents and or if you are in New York City, of course, you can take my workshop. But I mean, the whole reason why I wrote the book was because I got calls from across the country as to how do I get this program. My, my child desperately needs this program. But what I did was I, I put this into a book so that every parent at home can, can learn how to teach and what to teach at home, starting as early as age four. Mm-hmm. So in your book, you mentioned the five most common conversation hurdles for children and I'm going to I'm going to read them. So number 1, can't initiate conversation. Number 2, one word responses. Number 3, interrupts others. Number 4, poor eye contact and body language. And number 5, can't actively listen. 
So mm-hmm. this sort of brings up for me, um, a mom, I have three kids and I'm, I always have kids at my house and I'm always doing carpool and I'm, I'm always interested in kids conversation, um, ability because I mm-hmm. sometimes find that there are definitely kids who could come in, they look you straight in the eye, they tell you what's going on, what's, you know, how their day was and, I have kid. I have a son who's seven, so little kids come in and they do this, and then there are sometimes kids who are old as 12, 13 years old, and they, they sometimes are really socially um, awkward or uncomfortable. And, and I, mm-hmm. it, it really struck me to say that these kinds of skills taught to kids at that age um, can be so helpful just in, in, as far as going to a carpool, going to someone's house or whoever, talking to an adult or a teacher. So talk to me a little bit about tips to help these kinds of hurdles. Mm-hmm. Right. So that convert, that chapter I actually titled uh, Putting an End to the One Word, quote, Conversation. Yeah. And it's, it's so often that it's more often than not that you meet the child who gives you the kind of yes, no responses and doesn't elaborate on anything. And, right, just sort of like a know, grunt, like, like yeah, mm-hmm, right, you know. right. But the, the problem is they have no idea that they're coming across as being a grunt or unfriendly or unpleasant. And if you approach kids at the level of uh, talking about friendship, every kid wants to make friends, wants to maintain friends, and kids just generally speaking want to have friends. And if you couch this in the position of this is going to help you make friends and, and maintain relations, like great relationships with people in your life, like teachers and, and your siblings and, and other people, there's not one kid I've ever worked with, Stephanie, that doesn't want to be able to do that. And a big part of it is teaching a child how to have a conversation because that's kind of, if you think about it, that's one of the basics of starting a friendship and, and maintaining friendships is the ability to connect with people. So the, the problem is that most kids don't know how to start a conversation, and most kids don't know how to keep a conversation going, let alone close a conversation. So my whole pitch to parents is teach these skills. And if you role model, and I do this all the time in the classroom, I'll say to the kids, all right, Listen up. So I have these paddles. Some are so the paddles have a smiley face and a frowny face on the back. Mm-hmm. So I'll say to them, "You tell me, give me the paddle, smiley or frowny face." After you see the first conversation, so I'll ask a kid to ask me like three questions, and I'll give one word responses. Kids all give me frowny faces. So I ask <laughs> the kid to ask me the exact same questions all over again, and I give fuller responses and I share information. And all the kids turn their paddles. They're all excited. They give me the smiley face. And so what I really delve into, and I teach how to do this in my book, is really helping kids understand that those one-word responses don't come across as being very friendly. And that really resonates with the kid. That really, really No, it makes a lot of sense. It's, you know, the old saying, you know, actions speak louder than words is very Mm -hmm. important. Sometimes just hounding it into them and saying, you know, you really shouldn't speak that way or you're, you're barely saying anything is just very irritating mm-hmm. to a child. They're not going to get anything out of it. But if you 
role play with them or say, you know, what do you think about this? There's a very big difference in in showing them what the difference is when speaking and having a conversation. And sometimes I just don't even think parents may say to themselves to stay, stop and take the time to to do that kind of an example. It can, I believe it can really work. I mean, I think even with like the whole, I'm, I'm sorry. I just I just want to say something about like the whole carpool thing because I think we're talking a lot about kids who are having maybe some t- hard time having a conversation, a little awkward. Mm-hmm. But there's also those kids that hop in the car with you, and and this really and I we do you, I know you talk about this a lot in your book, but the whole manners today of just not being polite and just mm-hmm. hopping in the car and being like, turn the radio on. I don't like this song. I, I cannot believe, but does still go on. It really goes, it really resonates with me. I just, I find that are, are these children's parents, do they do this in their car? They must if they're doing it in my car. Mm-hmm. And I see it in a lot of, in other settings as well. Just that very, we're in a generation of kids just being very entitled and comfortable and and just to say whatever they feel. And there is there are lessons that need to be learned in this capacity. So so what do you t- say to those parents and those children? Well, you know, it, not yeah, the whole manners conundrum. And you say the word manners and etiquette to a child and they cringe and run yeah. the other way. And actually mm-hmm. the same thing happens with parents sometimes too because it has this very – 1950s, right? Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. So I just position it differently. And I talk about friendships, and I talk about respect and consideration. And so that kid in my my workshop who demands uh, a snack, for example, I I turn it around and I say to the child, what do you think sounds better? Give me a snack or may I please have a snack? Mm-hmm. And it's it's just it's so much of it is helping a child understand how things come across to other people. Right. And what I do a lot in my workshop, especially in my private instruction, is I I tape record kids. So not tape record, but uh, video record kids, so they can see for themselves firsthand how things come across. So when I was younger, I used to play a lot of tennis, and one of the best ways for me to learn what I was doing wrong on my backhand, even though my coach told me over and over and over again that I kept closing the face of my racket, which was causing the ball to go into the net, it, it wasn't until I saw with my own eyes mm-hmm. me being taped what I was doing idea. wrong that I changed it. And so I do the exact same thing in the classroom. And it's so easy these days. I mean, we all have, so many of us have smartphones. It's really easy to videotape. And you can let a child, ask a child, let them figure it out. I mean, the worst thing that you can do as a parent, in my eyes, is the, you just, you didn't say hi. You didn't make eye contact. Why didn't you answer her question? And that's not, that's not a lesson, and that's not productive, because what happens is the parent comes across as the nag and the critic, and the kid starts rolling their, his or her eyes, and it becomes a very embarrassing 
dynamic every time a kid is out in public. And right, so and so it, you would say to a parent, and it, I'm laughing to myself because it happened yesterday. I was in Dunkin' Donuts with my kids, and I take they were leaving school, so I said, let's go get a, a quick snack, and we were, we were going somewhere, and in comes another um, mom with a child from my my kid's school, and it was a boy and a girl, so they were sort of like looking at each other. Should we say hello? I don't know. Who's going to say hi first? And, you know, I looked at my son. I said, do you know her? You know, he said, yeah. I said, so you can say hello. And which, you know, I wonder, like, is that like, and of course the mom had turned to her daughter and said, say hello. And, you know, maybe it was me. They happened to be little. They were seven years old. And I do think at seven it's good to teach them. But I do think there's something probably um, helpful in maybe saying after the fact, you know, mm-hmm when they left, like, it would have been nice instead of embarrassing. And I'm sure as kids get older, that embarrassing factor plays a big role. But I think parents are worried about kids, their reputation, and what what other um, parents are, may think of their child. So mm-hmm. do you think it's better to say something in the moment, or do you think it's better to wait so that you don't embarrass your child? Well, it's, it's fine to say it shortly after the moment, but what I, I – definitely am against is saying it while in front of other people and making it an embarrassing situation for a child. Right. Especially for an older child who's in that awkward age. And shortly after the incident, I mean, you can go home and say to your child, all right, let's, let's test something out. And you can go out, go out to the front of your house or your apartment and ring the doorbell, have your child answer the door, walk in and don't say anything then do the whole thing over again and walk in and say, hi, great to see you, and ask your child, which, which one is better? Mm-hmm. And, and just let them, let them see for themselves which, which one comes across as more friendly. Right. And it's such a great exercise for a child. It really is. And it's also really fun. Uh, it's, it's interesting. These skills aren't taught anywhere. And in our no, very not. modern world, kids are getting less and less face-to-face interaction. So by the time a child is 13 years old, let's say, these days versus perhaps when you and I were younger, Stephanie, mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. a child will have, we would have had so many more face-to-face interactions than kids today because so many of their interaction, so much of it is happening digitally. Right. So Which... they're not getting the practice. They're not getting – and they're also bombarded – with things that they need to be equipped with a, with a social and emotional skill set to manage. And, and really for these kids, they actually need dual skill sets, which really should bring me to my next topic. You know, they need their digital school, uh, their digital set, and then they need their interpersonal skill set because mm-hmm. they need to have, they have a reputation that they walk around with, but they also have this, they're always on their smartphones and they're on their Twitter and their Instagram and their Vine and their Facebook or whatever they're on. And they're, they're interacting with um, their classmates, their peers, sometimes even adults. And, and what I think children fail to realize is, and I'd like to hope that many parents, I know, and, and I do and many of my friends do, but are checking their their children's phones. So I see a lot of what other kids are writing, and I say to myself sometimes, do they not realize that 
like I'm checking my kid's phone. They're very free in their conversations, and a, a lot of it sometimes is not the most appropriate, and no mm-hmm. child is perfect. But there is this social media digital impression that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what kids put out to the world is very hard for them to realize that other parents, teachers, maybe a future boss or college is going to see, and I'm not just talking about younger children, but I'm talking about older children also, and I know that there's ways where they have fake names and things that they do, but you know what? It's still just an impression that you're giving off to the world. So what can you talk about in, in that in that end? Well, Stephanie, it's so important that parent, that we as parents today are also digital parents. And Absolutely. I am sure your kids get upset with you for checking their phones, but you're being a digital parent and you have to be, it's part of, you have to. it's part of, uh, it's a, it's part of parenting in our world today. And the fact of the matter is, I mean, this is the way I like to compare it to, for any parent is, would you set your child out to walk to school without having walked to school with your child dozens of times before to show them mm-hmm. The, the you know potential the dangers route. and the potential right. yeah the route and what to look out for and what to be careful of and all the all the details of walking to school. But what's funny is that we're so many parents are putting their kids online without giving them the lessons in advance and without giving them the tools to navigate safely and appropriately. And it's it is definitely part of part of parenting today. And so what I really talk about in my book is is being a digital parent and how to be a digital parent because ultimately you're responsible for what happens online with your child. And I think that most parents aren't aware of that. You are responsible. So first things first, uh, some parents aren't on social media and some parents, you know, aren't involved with all the different in, you know, all the various social media platforms, but the fact of the matter is that with older kids, I mean, from, from age eight, you need to be aware of how kids are starting to communicate digitally and, mm-hmm. and understand. I mean, knowledge is empowering with anything, right? Right. I, mean, I think many times kids. parents feel ignorance is bliss, right? It's like what I don't right. know exactly. isn't going to hurt me until exactly. it's too late. Right. And you can't, you, you need to, to really have an understanding of your child today you have to understand how they are or will ultimately be communicating. And, you know, the average teenager, for example, I'll ask, I, we have a social teens program here in New York City, and yep. so the kids will walk in at 1 o'clock, and I'll just ask them, like, how many, how many messages do you think that you've sent today via social media or chat rooms or text message? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's hundreds. Yeah. Hundreds. So... As a parent, you have to you have to understand it because that's the, the other thing is that look we can't we can't look at it like oh the kids of today and oh when we were kids we didn't do right. it it is what it is it's, you have to dive in and just exactly. just know what's exactly. going on now interestingly enough I, w- I wanted to touch on this because I find this really interesting and I see this with a lot of kids so I notice that a lot of kids who have more introverted personalities and if I hate to label, but like a shyer kid, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. they take on this 
digital personality that is so opposite. They are mm-hmm. impersonal person, you know, in-person personality. And there's, they, they're so much more comfortable and the things that they're saying is just, sometimes you say to yourself, like, I cannot believe this child is so comfortable to be able to speak this way because in person, they're not doing that. And I almost think there's like an expectation for certain children where now that you've taken on this digital personality, they, they're now expecting you to be the same way in person. And I, I mean, I know in certain situations professionally, I find that social media actually has helped those kind of children because it's brought them out of their shell and allowed them to sort of explore themselves and maybe expand their horizons a little and feel like a little empowered online first. And then sort of people are able to accept what they have to say and they feel a little more accepted and and people are open-minded to them. But I wonder what you have to say about that. That's a really, it's a really interesting discussion. It's, I, I think that the digital parenting in that scenario is even more important because I think that can go in one of two directions. It can go really well and that child gets to build up some self-confidence and self-esteem in a digital social setting mm-hmm. or and, and then it can later be applied to the kind of in-person social setting or it can just go down the path of getting really comfortable digitally and just shunning in-person socialization. Absolutely. And, and I do agree with I you. Think, it really can yeah. go both ways. Yeah, and it's it's vitally important in, in, that set, in that setup that a parent is on top of and are very aware of what's going on because just as that child starts to build up self-esteem digitally, it's got to be parlayed into in-person self-esteem too. And my, my fear is that I, I think that most cases go the wrong direction. And it's, it, it can be prevented by, by really parlaying that into in-person well, self-confidence. And I think that what you're saying is it's going in the wrong direction because maybe their social skills have not um, been honed in on, which is maybe they are right. – they're texting a friend all day and the friend is ignoring them. And instead of just getting the social cue to stop texting them, they want so badly to hear back from them that they continue to do so. Or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a, a message and, telling them, hi, hello, 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 or whatever it is. And it's just like they're not getting the cue to say, you know what, maybe this person's busy or their phone is off or they, they're just mm-hmm. not answering right now. And so... <laughs> It's so important that these kids learn these skills because that's like walking over to someone and tapping them on the shoulder and saying, hello, 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 why aren't you talking to me? Why aren't you talking? And that's, it's both, it's annoying in both settings and no one wants to feel like they're annoying someone and no parent wants to feel like their child is annoying someone. So it it is so important to be able to teach those kids those kinds of skills. And I think, I think that there is, there is, it's not, I think. There's a primal need of all human beings for socialization. Mm-hmm. And what, what can happen is that need can be satiated via online interactions and via, via modern technology. And that's, that's what my fear is, is that that need is fulfilled by digital communication and mm-hmm. 
it just forces that shy child to really shun in-person communication because why bother if they're getting that fulfillment, if that need is fulfilled for them digitally, then why bother with all the hard work that it takes to socialize in person? Absolutely. Socialization is, it's not inherently easy for any child. It's every child can use help with their, their social interaction and communication skills, every single child. And I think what I find really interesting, too, is that particularly with special needs children, when they come into my workshops, they, it, it's a really empowering feeling for them to be in a group of neurotypical kids because they see that like, everybody has, has social stuff that they need to work on. Doesn't, yep. It doesn't come naturally for most kids. And so, you know, to get and so for kids, kids that really have special needs or an, kids with ADHD or anxiety or OCD, even something like being, I know you talk about it in your book, um, and I loved it, how to be a good friend. This is such mm-hmm. a great thing that, that kids, all kids, need to <laughs> learn tips from. Um, but mm-hmm. I think that that's something, it's something that's taken for granted. It's a skill set mm-hmm. that's taken for granted. And and you know what? Yes, there are kids that inherently know how to be a good friend or maybe have seen a parent and said, um, model or an older sister or brother model good behavior. But I, I love how you talk about this. And I, you mentioned being around positive people um, and I, in, in your book, and you mm-hmm. can speak a little bit about it, but you talk about telling parents to open up a journal and to make an entry called A Good Friend Is. And if you want to continue to tell about that. But I loved that you did this because I think every parent could do this with their child at an early age, at an elementary school age, and can really benefit from a child learning what a good friend is to them and how mm-hmm. to be a good friend. Mm-hmm. It's, it is a, a skill set that I wish I was taught when I was a child because, like you said, I mean, we take these knowing how to be a good friend for granted. It's like, oh, well, everybody picks that up. I mean, that's kind of simple. But I, I think what I find fascinating too, Stephanie, is that we we spend hours and hours and invest hundreds and hundreds of dollars and hours of time into all sorts of curricular, extracurricular activities for our children, ranging from soccer to tennis to ballet to yep. Lego building classes, you name it. But we never invest any time on this critically important skill set for every child that they're going to use for the rest of their lives. It's going to affect how they do at school, on the playground, ultimately at college, ultimately at the workplace. And I mean, these are skills that have been scientifically proven to increase academic scores, to increase happiness, to increase you need these wonderful things that every kid needs in life. And so my pitch to parents is spend, this is this time investment that you're going to use that it takes to basically go through my book, for example, is worth it in spades. You're going to give your child the tools to thrive socially. And really, is it about, is it about, whether or not your your child gets all A's in school or is it about whether or not your kid graduates and is is feeling really good and has a great sense of self-confidence 
can interact with other kids. And is it really one or the other? Is it a blend of the two? I, I think it's a blend, and I think that the social and emotional piece is it pays off in spades. Well, it's certainly a blend, but you're absolutely right. I mean, and I do think there is such an overfocus today on academic success, but let's just talk mm-hmm. about the light at the end of the tunnel and that it's not just about the getting the good grades when we do wind up graduating college or high school or whatever it is, because when you do go into the real world, and that's what I think this book is really all about, is talking about the real world and becoming this individual, um, the successful individual, it's those skill sets that are going to get you jobs and get you to become become a successful person in life. Because when it comes Mm -hmm. down to two people and there's that job interview and one of them is really super smart and definitely book smart and academically off the charts. And then there's this other person who's also very intelligent but is a people person and knows how to speak to to individuals and is a confident person. It's that person that will win in the end. That person is going mm-hmm. to succeed most. And, and it's the little things, and you talk about in your book, words like please and thank you and I'm mm-hmm. sorry that are obvious words that people – associate with, let's say, social skills. But there, it's, I think for me, it's importantly teaching um, why you're saying please mm-hmm. or thank you or I'm sorry. Because right. saying, and I say it all the time, sorry is just a word. You know, if my kids just say it and it's just like, sorry, just a word. And my mom used to say that, sorry is just a word. But And it's true. Unless you are explaining why you are sorry or how mm-hmm. to teach thankfulness, um, mm-hmm. or, or saying please because you really mean it, I think those kinds of skill, those skills do need to be honed in on because yeah. those are the things that are those everyday words that are going to take you through life. And the good news is, I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine our kids, and it's hard for me to imagine my 18-month-old going and seeking a job at some point in the future. Right. But the, the good news is, is that, you have years to to teach these skills and years to practice and repeat and apply these to to our kind of everyday life. And it is 100% sure and no question in my mind that these skills are teachable. And it's, it's up to parents to teach them, and that's exactly why I wrote this book, was to teach parents what and how to to make these skills really resonate and hit home with kids because these are the skills that will ultimately determine whether or not they get a job. You're right in the future. But the good news is it's it's they're teachable and with practice and repetition and applying these to real world settings, they're absolutely attainable for any child. And, and it's not even – it's getting a job, of course, is so important, but it's just like being a good person and wanting to know that when you walk out your door every day and interact with your friends, your peers, your neighbors, your coworkers one day, that people think you're a good person. Because to me, mm-hmm. I think that is just the most important thing, and I hope for, for my children, that that's what people one day will think of them. Because, look, as we all know, 
and I think this is important for parents that are listening, children are a work in progress. They are not perfect. They were not born Mm -hmm. with this skill set. This needs to be, as you say, taught and inspired, and actions speak louder than words, so parents should be um, honing in on their social skill set as well in order for their Mm -hmm. children to be able to copy what they what they're seeing with their parents i think those those are the most important things that children are going to learn in this world so, so without true. putting it you know without and i don't want to put you on the spot except you have so many wonderful things in the book and it's really something parents should read but if you could mm-hmm. just maybe give five tips to get started with because sometimes parents are listening and they're like is it too late I know. Like, why did I never mess up? Never, you know, I never did this when they were younger, and now it's going to take me harder. So, with parents, we're starting from scratch. Five tips to get started with. What could you? What could you give us? Okay, I would say number one: teach your child how to make a good first impression. It's it, it, it's kind of cliche to say first impression, but that is going to affect everything they do for the rest of their lives. Because if you don't understand how to make a good first impression and what goes into it, you're going to have a harder time in life. So teach your child how to make a good first impression. And if you're questioning and and not sure how, it's chapter one of my book. Uh, Number two, teach a child. I mean, we just kind of went through the the kind of five common problems that a child has with conversations. Teach your child how to have a conversation. It doesn't come naturally. 90% of the kids I work with, Stephanie, a conversation doesn't come naturally. So why not teach a child how to how to have that incredible skill set for life? I mean, I still meet people in in the business setting who don't know how to have a conversation. I mean, Absolutely. What a horrible what a horrible way to go through life, right? Sorry. I know. Absolutely, you're right. Teach your child some basic dining skills. And and that might be a, seem like a stretch, but your child is going to be eating in, in social settings for the rest of his or her life. So why not teach some, some good good dining tips for your child and, and explain how why it's important to have good dining skills at the table. Notice I don't use the word manners and etiquette. <laughs> uh, also, a lesson on gratitude. Kids who are grateful are happier. I love that. I mean, I say that for adults too. There's no question. There's no question that a lesson on gratitude will also pay off. It's it's not like you said the coined thank you because that's just a word like your mom says. Uh, but teaching kids to really be grateful for things that are done for them and not to have expectations in life. That's a that's a critically important lesson. You're right. And then finally, I'd say the last chapter in my book is called the F word, and it's actually failure. And failure is an incredibly powerful lesson for every child. And I feel like a lot of times as parents, we tend to shield our kids from failure, but. There's so much to be gained from failure. Actually, I, I love this quote I have in the book. It's from Michael Jordan. And he said, I read it. It's I've fantastic. Missed, yeah. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and miss. I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that's why I succeed. I mean, that's, 
that's pretty valuable. I, I can't I can't think of a better way to end this interview because you have just coined it. I mean, I think that is a gift to be able to teach children that not only is it okay to fail, but you are going to, and so does everybody else, and that failure is a part of life, and it actually makes you strive to do better and different things that, that may make you happier one day down the road, mm-hmm. and I think that's just, it's a lesson that all parents may not want to teach, but but absolutely after listening to, to that quote, should. Mm-hmm. So. That's just fantastic. That's, I, I really appreciate it. I just wrote down those five tips, and I'm going to tweet them for sure. Oh. I, love, I love what you had to say to us. Thank you so much for being with us oh, today. Your tips pleasure. were really, Thank really valuable. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Stephanie. And I really I hope parents are inspired show. to get your book. It's fantastic. It's social skills, tools to thrive in the modern world, and definitely um, check Say out, Faye, do you want to read your website? And sure. It's, I, I, sorry, it's social skills, and it's actually sklz.com. So socialskills.com, and the book is available anywhere books are sold. Yep, and it's um, Faye is also, you can find her on Facebook and Twitter. She um, appears a lot on TV doing interviews, and she's just fantastic. And I know she's given us a lot of food for thought today and some great skills that we as parents should be teaching um, our children and ourselves. So I thank you so much for being with us today, and I really appreciate this interview. It was awesome. So thanks so much, Faye. I will talk to you soon. Thanks again. Thanks. Bye, Bye.